Hey, good people, and welcome to Goody Giving Game, the podcast where I give you a review of all the highlights this week in sports, and it has been an eventful one. Um, this week, there is some MLB talk. Mike Trout became the highest paid athlete six days away from opening day. I love to start a baseball season. That's really the validation that is spring um, or summer starts, you know what I'm saying? NFL News LB talks about Big Ben. I got to give y'all some juice about that. Robert Kraft updates, which is so crazy, um, just how that's all unfolding. And that's going to come out more next week, so we got to get into that. NBA is coming to an end, and it is intense. Playoff runs are <laughs> among us, and we're seeing some pretty good basketball right now that I've seen. Uh, Dirk passes Will. Anything with Will Chamberlain is just facts. It's just facts of greatness. So, shout out to Dirk. Uh, we're going to get into that. And then, what did I tell y'all? It's March Madness, and it is in full effect. Welcome to the show, good people, man. Let's jump right into this thing. You feel me? MLB, man, it's opening day right around the corner. I think it's six days away now, so next week will be all opening games. I'm really not interested that much into spring ball. Like, everybody's playing right now, and that's kind of the talk. Obviously, they're showing spring games, but... Opening day is like, it's nothing like it. I grew up, that's probably my first love, my first sport that I really loved. So I have a weird relationship with baseball that I love, of course. Um, but opening day, ballpark hot dogs, fresh brews, man, it's it's nothing like it. Um, and so that will be happening. Um, also this week in MLB news, Mike Trout, he's a bad man. <laughs> Mike Trout of the Angels signed a 12-year, $430 million contract. I'm going to say it again. $430 million. Now, 12 years, it sounds weird because he has two years left on his contract right now. So he technically signed a 10-year, but that's pretty much for the rest of life. I think they said the next paid athlete to him is like $230 million. That's crazy. And this is why baseball is so amazing. Because their money is guaranteed. I don't care what happens. You know, there's always tricks in the the contract. But baseball players get paid out. And I'm not surprised. The only problem and conflict I have with this now is like, Angels, you got to win. You got to build a team around him. You don't pay that type of money or make that type of investment unless you are ready to build a team around him. And his tenure in the MLB, he hasn't won, really. He's a phenomenal athlete, but he hasn't won. So, I mean, they need to start building some pieces around him so the Angels can be good. I mean, it sucks that only that area pretty much gets his attention or get to see him play because he doesn't play on the big stage because they're not making the playoffs and doing things like that and making far runs. Like, it's crazy. Um, but shout-out to Mike Trout. That's big. That's big. And, I mean, that's going to set the tone a lot for what other teams do, should I say, because there's some other players that's going to be coming up in free agency soon. So Mike Trout set the tone. I don't know if those guys are going to be able to get that same type of money, but they should be shooting for it because there's some big names on the board in a couple of years. Um, also, this week in baseball, Ichiro, my dude, he's he's retired. Or he's retired now. This week he retired. He played his last game this week. And, I mean, the dude is a legend. 
period. Um, 2001 MVP, 3,000 hits, World Series winner. I mean, the resume speaks for itself. And he had an extremely fantastic resume before he even played. I think they said he came into the league like when he was in his 30s. So, bro, shout out to you. I mean, he's going to live in the MLB Hall of Fame, obviously, easily. They said he's a first-round get-in. I don't doubt that. Um, his number speaks for itself, and he's solid. Get solid hits, and you can have a consistent career. Um, it's not always about the home runs, and I think just seeing diversity in baseball inspires a lot of people to continue to do it. Obviously, in Japan, it's, it's crazy. So it's like his fame and magnitude, obviously see more players come into the league, and then now, I mean, he – He's the best. And he's, he's retiring in Seattle. So that's big for sure. Um, moving on to NFL talk, though. It's still plenty of moves going on right now. It's not really, I mean, playing is not happening. So all of this NFL talk is just talk. Um, and how are we going to create stories as journalists? Um, but I saw Clay Matthews move to the Rams. And I was like, ooh. Coming back home, huh? Coming back home, huh? I mean, he's an L.A. native. Grew up, like, right around the corner from USC. Or grew up right around the corner from the Rams facility, excuse me. He went to USC. I mean, he coming back to the house. And then it's like, why not? I mean, potentially, he's going to enhance them. It's Clay Matthews. Come on now, bro. Um, But that was a big-time move I saw. Also, this week in football... Le'Veon Bell was back in the news because, of course, now that you've moved, you got to do reports, you got to do interviews, you got to do all this type of stuff, right? And um, he made big-time news because in this interview, he commented on Big Ben being tough to play with. And, of course, that's going to hit the news. That's going to go crazy. Everybody's going to be talking about that. Oh, he said that. And now, in particular, in the conversation, he was like, it was a factor. It wasn't the factor and there's been so many debates about what direction he could have went in that conversation but it's just like I guess it is what it is if you feel a certain type of way about it like it's gonna rouse certain things of course you don't want to involve conversations and say oh this is what it is but sometimes it's just like facts are facts if he has more power Big Ben has more power than just a normal quarterback. He he obviously makes moves, and, and his opinion matters because that's where their bread and butter is. Um, if he's not on contingency or he is a playing factor in why you were unhappy, I think he handled it the best way he could. And, I mean, of course, we can always say you don't even have to bring it up, but at the same time, it's like, if it plays a factor, it does. I think he kind of handled it very well, but at the same time, people are just like, oh, it's attention-seeking, it's attacking Big Ben. But the, when the roles are reversed, it's not the same type of attention. We know that as fact. Um, in NCAA, like football, it was pro days all over, quarterbacks doing their thing. I obviously got introduced, well, not obviously, but I got introduced to a new young man, Dwayne Hoskins from Ohio State. I didn't really watch a lot of college football this year, but obviously I watched the big games. But I know Ohio State's good. Another young African-American brother, black brother, up there looking good. They said he had an amazing pro day. Um, 
And shouts out to him. Hopefully he'll get in the lottery pick and do his thing. I think he will. Quarterbacks are needed all over the league. Um, and he seems like he could be a providing factor. I'm going to be watching out for him. My mom is an Ohio State Buckeye fan. So I'm going to be on the ear to the ground with what he does. But shout out to him on his pro day this week. Um, there was also updates on the Robert Kraft situation. This was the biggest news to me in NFL talk because – it's just very interesting how um, last week I talked about the college scandal. This week is kind of like Robert Kraft topic because I never really got into it. But it's just interesting how the system works for Caucasian and white people, white men particularly, um, and rich white people, and what I see every day in my community. Like, I see kids... Like, at the schools that I work at, I see kids like probation officers. They're on probation in high school. You know what I'm saying? The Meek Mill situation, you've been on probation for an extended amount of your life, pretty much your whole adult life. Um, like, how these young men in my everyday community have to deal with the system off small shit, truancy. Um, you know what I'm saying? Some of his behavior, some of it's like getting in situations at the bad time, whatever you want to say. But it's like, it's crazy how the system works for people and against people. And it's very obvious with situations like this um, with Robert Kraft. So this week, there was a lot of Robert Kraft talk because the owner's meeting is coming up next week. And he has court. He's obviously fighting this because, like... Sex trafficking is going to be on his charge. We all know how deals work. If you don't know how deals work, when you accept the plea, you are pretty much saying you're guilty. Facts. All right? So he's in a situation right now where he has a deal, but at the same time, they don't want him to accept the deal because he's pretty much accepting guilt and the impact of him owning the Patriots or the situations on how he's going to be reprimanded has to do with his acceptance of guilt, if you get what I'm saying. So in the owner's meeting, now this was very interesting to me. <laughs> the owners pretty much set the rules and guidelines for themselves. So they were like, um, this week in sports, there were just a lot of talk about this situation, even with Robert Kraft, is not going to be discussed with the commissioner. It's going to be discussed with the owners. And the owners are going to decide what his penalties are going to be. What is he going to have to deal with? What is he going to have to do? Which is crazy. And second of that, like his deal that was offered to him. Now they're saying like these are legit. Now I don't know. But they're saying, like, these are legit women. They're older. They're not kids. But it's, like, women that are working in sex trafficking. He I, he doubled back, bruh. He, he doubled back. You feel what I'm saying? In a 24-hour period. Now, the police are saying they have film on him. They have film of him paying for sex acts to these massage therapists. The crazy part about it is his defense is they were knowledgeable, knowing. It wasn't a forced type of deal. Um... And they were paid masseuses. I mean, they weren't paid masseuses, but they were registered, licensed masseuses, massage therapist people. And so um, in that scramble, they have film of him paying for sex, right? So he's his defense is like, no, he's just knowing, willing, working women. 
Um, I thought it was legit. Of course you're going to say you thought it was legit. And then you just got a happy ending. But what's so crazy is in his possible deal, they're saying like (laughs) community service classes a fine. I mean, I guess this is typical, like, your DUI, you got to go to classes, you got to do community service, you got to pay a fine. Um, I guess that's typical. But at the same time, I feel like Rover Rushers, first of all, if he was black, probably wouldn't be getting any even opportunity to even discuss some of this. It would be some jail time, obviously, involved. Um, but the hook, line, and sinker is they have film of him. So, in his deal, though, like I said, that's pretty much an admission of guilt, which could impact his overall profession. So, that's why they're going to court. They're going to fight it. Um, And they will see how this impacts um, the owner's meeting. Because, obviously, he may not be there, may not be in attendance, depending on how court works out. And depending on what the results are from court. So, I'll give you guys more updates. It's a whole lot. I mean, I think it's all hypocrisy, though. And just another way for rich people to continue to get rich. Like I said about the um, Aunt Becky scandal. It's just like, it's ridiculous at this point. Just how clear it is that it's not fair. It's not even. It's not even in the same ballpark. I feel like if this was a black coach or this was... Anything, any person that was, is prestigious in what we say America's view, Kobe, LeBron, if this was any prestigious black athletes or black owners or black people that are in the elite category, I think it would be totally different. We we would be having a totally different conversation. Um, But he has court next week. We'll see how that all turns out. It's going to be a whole bunch. It's going to be all over. But, um... Moving on to bigger and better, not bigger and better, but moving on to more lighter note, <laughs> um, Dirk Nowitzki passed Wilt Chamberlain on the all-time scoring wish. Shout out to big time Dirk. I got Germany in me. Shout out to my boy. I've been, I've been rocking with Dirk from the beginning. I mean, there's no player like him. Um, there's comparisons, but there's no player like Dirk. Um, so shout out to him this week on passing Wilt. Anything, when you're in the conversation with Wilt, I mean, that should just speak for us. Will Chamberlain, probably the best basketball player of all time. I shouldn't say probably, but the basketball, the standard for sure in statistics and things like that. So, not even with his whole stats in the book at that. So, that's big time. Um, Also, NBA talk, because everybody's competing right now to get into the playoffs or get onto a playoff run. Building momentum, just like in March Madness. You got to build momentum to get better. And D'Angelo Russell, man, he showed out on them Kings, bro. Why he do? Why did he do that to the Kings, man? He put on a masterpiece of scoring, forty-four points. Um, now, if you didn't watch the game or you haven't seen the highlights, man, this dude—they were down twenty. Brooklyn Nets were down twenty-eight points, and the Kings pretty much coasted. Um, a lot of people are saying like this was a season changer, season saver for D'Angelo in the Brooklyn Nets because he went on a tangent 25 points in the fourth quarter and came back to beat the Kings. They're saying this is one of the best comebacks of all time. One of them, or a part of the one of the best comebacks of all times. I mean, 44 points, 25 in the fourth quarter. The, the man is playing crazy. 
ridiculous right now. Like, he's he's on fire. Obviously, he's in conversations for most improved player, which I think it should go to him because, obviously, he's making more of an impact, I feel like. His team is going to be in the playoffs. He's changed their season. Like, he's changed the season single-handedly. Um, they've also moved around and made some good pieces around him to accentuate how good he can be. But that system, that program has just made him better, and I think he's gotten gotten better, obviously, and he's more significant to his team's impact. And, I mean, most improved player for sure, hands down. Shout-out D-Russ, man. He's going crazy right now. Hopefully Brooklyn can do some things in the playoffs. Lakers are always in conversation and in talk. And this week it was about the coach. Now, last week I told you guys LeBron James disrespects the coaching staff and has no intention on respecting them because we all know pretty much Luke is out of there. He's out of there. I don't see him being a coach next year. Now, they are also because we have to just have conversation because regardless, LeBron is in conversation every week. So, There has to be conversation of who is going to potentially be the coach for the Lakers. And the first name they shoot at, Doc Rivers. And I'm like, realistically, Doc Rivers has a better situation in L.A. Clippers instead of with the L.A. Lakers. Um, High name, celebrity, and popularity, it makes sense in fantasy world. Realistically, Doc just needs to build players around him. They need to build a more system where they can be effective and win in the playoffs and potentially become a playoff running team. They're going to have to do a lot of moves in free agency to make them bigger and better. But at the same time, he shouldn't be at the Lakers. And he doubled down on that this week as well. He's like, I'm not going to be with the Lakers. I'm with the Clippers, period. This botch conversation. Sometimes they just start stuff to have conversation, but it's like – could even LeBron play for Doc? Like, y'all talking about just, I think, conversation. You guys are talking about trading him. He's not getting traded. We know the coach is getting out of there, and y'all going to build around him. That's just facts. So let's just leave it at that. Let's stop making it what it's not, and y'all know y'all not getting Doc Rivers, period. <laughs> facts. Um, Because LeBron and the Lakers aren't doing well, and I think Giannis is doing so good this year. A lot of people are looking over James Harden. Now, this has been coming up more and more because getting down to, like, these awards, playoff awards. I mean, NBA awards come out, like, during the playoffs and towards the end, closer to the championship, and they have all this NBA honors awards and stuff like that. But for me, I feel like it's important that we just look at what James Harden is doing on the floor. He's he's scoring ridiculous. He's crazy. He had 57 of the Grizzlies in the loss, but it's like, why isn't he the clear MVP? I mean, obviously, it's just debate and conversation, but it's like this dude is doing something amazing with scoring the basketball. And that's not taken away from Giannis at all. I think Giannis is dope. And his impact in Milwaukee is just as big. So it's between those two. But at the same time, I just feel like Harden has a little bit more edge and should get it. Um, it's just something that he can do. It's, it's his drawing contact 
that is one of the most impressive ways, whether it was a big man or a guard. His ability to get to the free throw line is one like no other. It's crazy. His ability to draw contact is just so crazy. And it's like he's putting up monstrous numbers. I don't know. I really can't say if Giannis is at that point yet, but James Harden is crazy. And Giannis is making, the, the I think, the most the most noise. Um, Paul George before his injuries, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's tough. I, I like both of them, but I would give a slight edge to James Harden. Um, also, in basketball talk, this game's been going on this week. It's been crazy, but um, with March Madness going on, but the Celtics and the Sixers played each other, and it was crazy. You know, it's a lot of trash talk in the East. <laughs> um, a lot. I mean, it's a lot of trash talk in the NBA, but I feel like it's a little bit more in the East. So, people get into these interviews, and they start shooting shots and, you know, doing stuff like that. So, the Celtics players were talking about Joel Embiid, and he went crazy. Joel Embiid is so funny to me. I told you guys he's becoming, like, one of my favorite players because he's so funny. Um, and he's so boisterous, like, just with his own personality. But he had 37 and 22 on them. I mean, he's in MVP talk as well. I don't know why not. Um, but he ended up making a run with Jimmy Butler in that fourth quarter. I think a lot had to do with the Marcus Smart play. That was on news big time because Marcus Smart's just he's – he's been a fool – since college, the dude is crazy. Facts. And so he gets bumped. He's going into it with Joel Embiid. He gets up. He shoves Joel Embiid. Now, flop, 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 flop. A lot of flop with Joel. <laughs> but I think if Marcus Smart doesn't go out in the third quarter, I think he's able to guard Jimmy Butler. And you can see a lot of different matchups that Jimmy Butler causes for the Celtics because he has Kyrie on him. I think he can pretty much look over Kyrie. Even with Kyrie's defense and how great he is, Jimmy Butler has an advantage. Um, and he exploited it where normally that probably wouldn't happen. Marcus Smart probably would have been guarding him. You just got to be able to control your head, control your emotions. You're getting into the playoffs. This is what y'all about. You're all about beefing. You're all about funking. He going to throw an elbow. You're going to get him back. It's just like you got to be able to restrain your emotion and spazzing like that to where you get ejected. Um, it was a lot of flopping going on, so I wish it would have been ruled a little different. But it's like, got a flagrant two, you're out of here, bro. And you got to think, now Joel knows how to get under your skin. He knows how to push those buttons. And in the playoffs, mental comes into play more than anything. So it's like, come on, Marcus, you're smarter than that. <laughs> no point intended. But at the same time, this is the type of behavior he's been displaying since college, so I'm not surprised that he did this. It'll be more NBA talk because it's getting closer to playoffs, and we will be all on it. You know, you know that's what I'm, I'm all on it. But bigger and better, yeah, bigger and better news, March Madness is in full effect. First games last night, women's games starting tonight, and I am extremely excited yeah 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 you know you know you see i'm just juiced because when march madness comes into play it's just basketball non-stop and who doesn't love basketball non-stop okay 
after the championship week ended and everybody kind of got into rhythm and starting this playoffs this week, tournament time this week, it's crazy how the NCAA comes out with a day in a life commercial. This is why when the most NCAA commercials come out because this is the biggest. This is when you see basketball making this money. A lot of the times we see the football numbers and we see the football capacity and we're like, it's such a large arena that they make money. So then they put it on display during tournament time, playoff time in football. Now we're seeing it March Madness, and this is when all of the D2 support and go to college and NCAA commercials come out because NCAA is all over the TV. This is when you're seeing them make their money. And they come out with this commercial day in the life <laughs> of an athlete, and they got ripped, which they should have got ripped, which is pretty much most of my conversation today. We're going to talk a little tournament bracket time, but at the end of the day, it's like they live in this false reality that it's just happy-go-lucky, and that's really not the truth. I loved all the athletes and the ex-college athletes that were commenting on it and talking about their true experiences because more people need to talk about their experiences because we don't talk about it. So we still allow this lie from the NCAA to perpetuate that it's just happy-go-lucky when it's not. Yes, it is a blessing to get a scholarship, but at the same time, the work in the real life is real. You You don't just get a scholarship and be like, Oh, yeah, it's all good, and I just get to do whatever I want. No, you still have to deal with real-life stuff. We still come from poor and low-poverty communities. We still have real-life things happening to us outside of basketball, and we are adjusting to a different culture and a different type of people. We are expected to be on a different level physically, you know what I'm saying, physically, mentally, and spiritually when you go and adjust from to college. It's totally different from high school. It's totally different from being in your parents' house, and that is really the mental agony that athletes go through. That's just facts. And so for them to come out with this commercial like everything is all peachy, hunky-go-dory, it makes me go right into why I feel like players should be getting paid. It's just like y'all don't understand. I think you guys really need to look at the numbers and see how much the NCAA makes money off the um, football tournament in in the football playoffs, all those bowl games, and... From the NCAA basketball. And that's crazy because right now there's so much going on. Like sports, NCAA, um, national football. I mean, not football, excuse me. But national um, wrestling championships is going on right now. Baseball and softball is going on right now. Um, And it's so much money being made. And this is what I have to break down for the good people. Listen. From... The time you start, and I just say five, because a lot of us have started between the ages of five and ten, right? So if you start playing sports from five to 18 when you go to high school, 17 when you go to high school, you have to remain in your amateur status. And now with social media and all these type of things, these kids, most of them, right, you are can be a child celebrity, just like in everything else. There's people right now that follow little kids, and these little kids getting deals. They got social media following. They're making videos. They're doing this type of stuff. They have people that make star, you know, children stars. That's facts, and that's facts in sports, right? So you have to remain an amateur, so you can't make any money off your likeness, Lamelo Ball. You know what I'm saying, Ball family? You can't make money off your likeness because you have to remain an amateur. To participate in the NCAA 
who then makes you sign a contract to give up your likeness. Now, the most obtainable goal in the United States of America is to be a college athlete. You can go to college. You can walk on. There's so many different ways that you can be a college athlete, that you can become a part of this NCAA, right? But that may be the highest because there's like this still 1% chance that you're going to make it to the NBA, right? Or the NFL or the WNBA. So if that's the case, my highest peak of celebrity will be college, which is obtainable, which could be sustainable as a career and a profession just being a college star. Look at all the people on TV. Look at all the people broadcasting. Look at all the people talking bracketology right now. They're all ex-athletes that played in the NCAA. They're getting their money back. They're getting the money on their return. The biggest face in the NCAA right now, I would say Jay Will from um, Duke, um, Charles Barkley. These athletes can't make money off their likeness and what they did in college, which they were college stars. All the dudes at Michigan, every, think about every star. But other than Charles Barkley and these other dudes that are now working with the NCAA and making broadcasts, now they're making money off the NCAA, talking sports, doing what they naturally do because they have such a likeness in this arena that you've made so much money off them that you've now brought them back as broadcasters and analysts to talk sports. Why? Because that's going to get attention because there's Auburn fans that are going to watch that love Charles Barkley. There's NBA fans that are going to watch because they love Charles Barkley. But tell me how much money Charles Barkley has been able to make make off signing autographs on an Auburn picture. Or how much money he's able to make to sell those jerseys. Jalen Rose talked about it the best. My jersey is selling so much and I haven't made one cent off of it. My jersey. My Michigan jersey. You know what I'm saying? My Duke number one jersey. How much money is that really making for the university outside of all of the attendance and all the numbers and all this? You know what I'm saying? You guys have particular college packets for students to pay for to even come to your game. So it's not even a guarantee that these students can get in. Look at the money and the revenue. And you're telling me that athletes can't get paid. They can't even own their likeness. I would almost rather own my likeness then get money. See, the money thing is another systematic gimmick to get us caught up. See, the money is the way to get us caught up. If we give you reparations, we still own your likeness. So you're still pretty much an employee of me, and I can make money off your likeness whether you like it or not. The bobblehead shirts and all, all this. The profit is crazy, but we want to still fake like a day in the life is super easy and we love it because we get to go to college for free. <laughs> That's clown. That's out of here. And as the tournament starts, it's just like you see it more and more. You pay attention to it more and more. I love, though, on the flip side, I love the women's tournament commercial. I think always women are more based on emotion, obviously. That's what society is going to be based on. So they made a very passionate passionate guys I think women are very passionate and love sports to a whole nother level um because we don't all have the amazing blessing of being physically inclined there are a lot of women who are but it's like a lot of us don't and a lot of us play because we genuinely love it and we are passionate about it um but I'm doing great in my brackets right now I'm on an 87 percent in the NCAA, I did two brackets, kind of like a, a fluff bracket, and then one of my serious thought process. Um, 
I really messed up because this is my thing. Knowing that even as watered down as it is right now with the, I say overall basketball and then just NCAA and how the just elite are staying elite this year, there's always room for upsets. There's always room for upsets. And they were so stuck on there's not going to be no upsets. There's not going to no. But there were upsets, and I, and I was like, I kind of went too far. Like, uh, But they were all within five points, so they were close against Belmont. I kind of eh, I thought Belmont was going to pull it out. They couldn't yell. I don't know why I didn't go with LSU. That was my bad completely. And then I had pick Seton Hall in their matchup. They kind of let me down. But those are my only three losses right now on the board. Um, I really lucked up a lot of people. I went with Minnesota, Baylor, Murray State, and Florida. Um, those are some some people did not pick those teams, but I had lucked up and them teams won. So I'm really in the good right now with my tournament. Hopefully tonight it won't break my heart and I'll kind of keep it consistent. I just feel like momentum and then um, it's big right now. And I kind of picked some of these picks off momentum, and then I picked some of these picks off just pure stats and numbers. Um, if you didn't see it, um, for sure, out of the East region, Duke is number one. Michigan State's number one. Michigan State won last night. I think Duke will win tonight. Gonzaga won. Michigan won. Um, UNC is going to win. UNC, uh, Kentucky won. Tennessee plays tonight. Um, but I'm pretty much on. On the women's side, though, it's a lot of talk this year because I think this is the first time since maybe 2006, I want to say, that UConn is not a number one seed. And the reason why UConn is not a number one seed is because they lost in the regular season, which is so crazy. But I think a lot of people have been neutralizing and recruiting. A lot of people have figured out how to beat UConn. I, th- I never thought it was that hard anyway. I, th- I think it's more of a confidence deal. Come in with confidence. Play like they're <laughs> play like you would play any game. You have a potential to win. Every game, it's a 50-50 chance that somebody can win. And you got to think that if I play efficient, if I play effective, if I don't get caught up in the name, then I can be a better player and play better against UConn. And UConn got a number two seed. And... I mean, I'm not surprised. Eventually, they're going to match up against Louisville. I think Louisville plays earlier today, and they're going to win. They're going to handle business. I'm not worried about it. Everybody else, I think, will do their thing. Notre Dame, Stanford, Baylor got a number one. Iowa got a number one. Mississippi State, I like them to win it. Um, I think Oregon will be the first upset. Somebody will beat them. Maybe not in the first round, but second round, we will see how that goes. Also, out of the West Coast, Cal's in there. Shout out to Cal. Woo-woo. Shout out to Cal. We got a number eight seed. Hope they do some damage. They got amazing, amazing players over there. UCLA. Got some players from Sacktown at UCLA. Woo woo. Shout out to UCLA. They got a six seed. So that's big time news. Um, we'll see how the girls. My brackets for the girls are set. Um, I got all the top dogs pretty much winning. But I feel like Mississippi State has the best team this year. Um, and I'm going with Mississippi State to win the whole deal. Hopefully they will be able to. Um, but back onto the men's side, like tonight Zion's playing. Everybody's paying attention to Zion. He's playing in South Carolina, his hometown. I didn't know he was from Carolina, which is crazy. Um, which is why his parents was all at the games and doing their thing. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know, but um, Zion is playing tonight at 4 or this afternoon. I'll be watching it. 
And I'm going to have a lot of updates because you know it's going to be by next week. It'll be, we'll be in a weekend or hopefully be close to the Final Four and Elite Eight. So it's going to be crazy. Um, on other news, though, there's been big talk about Ja Morant. Now, a lot of people did not pick Murray State and you tripping. You were supposed to pick Murray State. They're going to win, man. I don't know if they're going to win the second round. I don't think I picked them to win the second round, but. Um, I mean, in this next round, but John Morant is crazy. The thing about John Morant, and this is the stories. This is what we need to highlight in the NCAA. This kid said he got picked up by just an open run, open gym, and that was his option. So he went there. And it's like when you don't have options, stop faking like you do. I think we can just say we don't have options and be better and be effective and be efficient. Take where it's at. Don't let one offer slip by you because you think you're better than a situation. Because you don't know what injuries, you don't know what's going to happen. I'm not saying be eager and be thirsty, but at the same time, it's like take what what God is giving you and go maximize on it. And John Morant, to me right now with this playoff run, I mean with this tournament run, He's looking better than Barrett. He's looking better than Reddish. He's looking better than, I think he's the number two pick. You're going to win with picking him. Obviously, Zion is. I don't even know why that was up for debate today in any talk. Zion is the number one pick, period. There's no doubts about it. Now, the upside of what you might get may be very different because John Morant has a different motor. He's, he's working in the underdog motor. And Zion's working in an efficiency motor where he's like, I'm the top dog and I want to be effective and efficient in everything I do. So, I mean, there's no lose with either one of them, but we all know that Zion Zion is LeBron going to college. And that's why I am eager to say and most supportive of these athletes need to get paid because his jersey is selling out. Do you know how many Duke number one jerseys there is? And do you know how many players have wore Duke number one? It's also almost known. So it's like you want to be associated with a program of success, and that comes with money and revenue, merch, all this type of things. That's how the big businesses win. And he can't even make one cent off his likeness. He's going to have a sold-out arena everywhere he plays. That's money into the NCAA's pocket. That's money into the university's pocket. That's money into everybody's pocket but his. And I don't know how the system can be worked. I don't know how it can be figured out. They know how they can do it. There's trial and error runs. You're already playing these athletes under the table. Why do you think there's so many NCAA scandals right now? Because they know. They going, they, they're going to visit these kids. They see that. And there's, I'm not, not saying every kid has a bad situation, but at the same time, right? They're going into these neighborhoods. They're going into these, you know, backwood communities. And they're seeing. They're going to our schools and seeing our weight facilities and seeing. Like, this kid is making it out of this situation. Yeah, I'm going to throw you a couple thousand just to make it solid, just so I can have your loyalty, just so I can have your efficiency. Doesn't your worker work harder for you in the office when they're getting paid, when they're getting benefits? And I'm sorry, that's money that you guys are not even, that's tax money y'all not even, y'all writing off and y'all give, you know what I'm saying? Like that's inward money. Y'all not seeing no dollar exchange. You guys are just taking the hit and you guys are increasing other students' money pay, whatever you want to call it, to help these athletes go to school for free. It's just facts. Y'all not giving no money. The state not, whatever y'all percentages or whatever y'all get from however y'all pay for athletes, that, how is the money being different? It's almost like, I didn't know this until I started coaching, but it's like almost like 
how they do with the shoe deals. I'm going to give you so much merch. I'm going to give you so much material. I'm going to give you so much shoes. I'm going to give you whatever. And a representation of a dollar amount. Right? But at the end of the day, the grand return is bigger when you have Duke wearing Nike. Yeah, I'm giving you all this material and merch for free, but I'm getting the investment back in return. You guys are doing it on the lowest levels. They sponsor AAU teams. Why? Because they want these young kids wearing it forever to show that they have a commitment to the Lifetime brand. Facts. So it's like it doesn't matter really at the end of the day how y'all figure it out. Y'all making y'all dollars and cents, and these kids are putting up tremendous numbers for y'all. It's crazy. The numbers is wild, and it's like we can't get a cent of that. We can't be a portion of that. We can't be a part of that. That's craziness. That's just flat-out craziness. And it's like, you see, the people that really maximize off the NCAA and what happened is the people that's working with them and doing now. Like, for example, for example, right? Um, I use Jordan. And I use Charles Barkley, but like Jordan. Jordan's North Carolina jersey is worth so much. An original stitch, whatever brand. If you could get a Jordan jersey in, in North Carolina, you don't. Facts. Right? Besides his Bulls jersey, this is one of the most sold jerseys that he has ever sold. And because now that he has his own company and he is working with the university, he's getting his money back for sure. He's getting every cent that he's ever, not every, but he's getting money back off the university because at the end of the day, they're paying to wear Jordan brand stuff now. They're wearing Jordan brand, and he's the owner of that. But in the flip side, it's like a lot of people don't eventually get to that part. Charles Barkley, he's making his money just talking sports, being a part of the NCAA because he's such a major impact, not only in sports, but what he did in college. That helped him get the foundation of how he was going to be in the professional league. And you hear the women talking about it. You hear you hear all of them. You heard Agent Wilson talking about, man, my following that I had in college is going to follow me to the WNBA. And so I should be getting paid on that same level. It's even worse for women because we don't get paid equally in anything. So it's like they can go to the NBA, they can go to the NFL, make money back. Women don't have those same opportunities. So it's like, and a lot of us go overseas and they get that bag overseas. No, not. But it's like we don't even get to benefit because we don't even get paid at the same amount. It's crazy. It's just crazy talk. And it's like this is just what happens around. I think this was more of a conversation when it comes to this point in the season for me, especially because I know it would have helped me out or make decisions easier if I had more financial stability and that's a part of adulthood. And if you think about it as much time as we commit to our craft and to our sport and how we are so much on a light and a pedestal that we have to work for the sweatsuit, (laughs) the sweatsuit that you got for free from Nike or whatever it is, is not equivalent to working in how much I make for the university period your employees facts but it's tournament time everybody make sure y'all get on it watch a lot i'm watching basketball all weekend there wasn't really much going on obviously a lot of tournament talk which y'all know the brackets y'all see i I believe in some different stuff with the bracket i think this year is one of the most 
weird years where it's just top schools are dominating, and I think it would be another trend of that. I picked Duke to win it because I feel like this is the most battle-tested his program has ever been, even with the talent. It reminds me a lot of that 2015 team when they won it. They were good. They were expected to be good, but they were battle-tested. They lost. They got some thumps, they, you know, and then – you got to understand, at the end of the day, they got Zion Williamson. The kid's amazing, amazing. And I hope everybody steps up. I'm, I'm supporting Duke. All that, I'm going to have my Duke merch on. I'm, I'm trying to get some more Duke gear. Send me some Duke gear. Tap in with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the Duke stuff, we got to ride out. But it's like, I want them to stay focused and do their thing. I really want to see a North Carolina rematch fourth for the people. For the people, it's going to be one of the most watched, one of the most televised national championships ever, but they got to handle business. You know, I think Duke is going to have to handle business against, eventually I think they'll play Michigan State, um, and I think North Carolina will play Kentucky. So I want to see this matchup, and I hope that they can work it out because that's what we want to see. A lot of this, I think any, if they either one of them don't make it and they play somebody else, I think they're too good. I think Gonzaga is going to be the first number one upset. And then I don't remember what I picked out of the Virginia bracket, the South region. But I think uh, Michigan will come out. Michigan will end up playing Duke, I think, just because Gonzaga can be beat. Everybody can be beat, but when you're losing to – no knock to uh, St. Mary's, but when you see a team put an effective game plan together like St. Mary's with those tools, I think Gonzaga can be beat. Facts. And even if they get out of that, they're going to have to play Duke. And I think Duke can handle them this time around. Want to see that UNC matchup. I think UNC is the most put-together team. I think Duke is the most talented team, if you get what I'm saying. And, and that's no knock to any player that plays for North Carolina. At the same time, it's just like I think Duke has more talented weapons. Obviously, you get when you get... 70% of it or 60% of it from Zion's ability and how great he is. Like, it's not really set, hard to say that Duke has the most talent, but I think UNC has the most put-together team. There's a difference. Um, I like the pieces at North Carolina. I'm not even going to lie. I like the pieces. I like the pieces with Kobe White at the point. Um, I don't really know what his stock value is, but if he comes back, with a vengeance, it's going to be crazy. That kid is so good. And then the senior leadership around him is so good. Um, so I'm excited to see that rematch. Make sure y'all comment and let me know what matchups y'all really want to see in the Elite Eight in the Final Four, all those type of things, who y'all think y'all is going to make it to the championship. Um, other than that, watch a lot of basketball. Keep your ear to the ground and make sure y'all follow me on all social media platforms. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, on the podcast, all of it. Goody Given Game. I love y'all. I want y'all to be blessed. Catch me next week giving y'all all the game in sports. Peace.